Welcome, wonderful listeners, to another exciting season of the Work Hard, Smile Large podcast. I'm Nicole Christofferson, your guide on this journey of inspiration and motivation. In our second season, we're diving even deeper into the stories of resilience, success, and the unwavering spirit that drives us to work hard and smile large. Each episode is a celebration of triumphs, big and small, as we explore the diverse paths that lead to a fulfilling life. Get ready for engaging conversations with extraordinary individuals who've turned challenges into stepping stones. Whether you're tuning in for motivation, insights, or just a good dose of positivity, Work Hard, Smile Large is here to uplift your spirits and ignite the fire within you. So buckle up for an incredible ride as we embark on this new season together. Get ready to be inspired, laugh, and maybe shed a tear or two. This is not just a podcast. It's a community of dreamers and doers. Let's make this second season one to remember. Without further ado, let's dive into another episode of Work Hard, Smile Large. This episode is being brought to you by Ortho360, where Dr. Amber Burgess and Dr. Stanton Henry are thrilled to engage with you. Ortho360's commitment extends beyond the realm of orthodontics, focusing on crafting an immersive experience tailored to the comfort and satisfaction of each patient. The team takes pride in spreading smiles among both adults and children through their expertise in orthodontics. With six convenient locations in Central Austin, Bastrop, Avery Ranch, Liberty Hill, Moulton, and Lakeway, Texas, Ortho360 stands ready, seamlessly serving your needs and crafting unforgettable smiles. Explore a range of options, including traditional metal braces, clear braces, and Invisalign, all with easy, interest-free financing choices. Reach out today to schedule a complimentary consultation. Welcome to the Work Hard, Smile Large podcast. We are a community dedicated to hard work, empowered by positivity. And today I have two guests with me in the studio, which is super unique, but we're going to make it happen more often. I have Dr. Burgess and Dr. Henry with me. We are in the Austin studio. Um, Both of them are very helpful in our community with all ages, and they are orthodontists. They have how many offices? Six. Six offices. They are independently owned and operated. The two of them have been growing and branding, and their branding is super modern. But I want them to tell you a little bit more about their journey and their story together um, as business partners and friends. So take it away, Dr. Henry. Since I'm the OG, I'll go first. Um, Also a comedian. I forgot to say that. um, Perhaps, perhaps, (laughs) perhaps. You know, I have a terrible memory, so I'm going to go with like my origin story. And then as I get up to the Amber and I joining forces, I'll let you take over. How's that sound? Perfect. So in 2001, um, I uh, decided that I wanted to live and work in Austin just because it was a cool place. And and growing up in Dallas, my brother and I coming down here for sports events always felt like Austin was a vacation. I just wanted to live here at that time. And it's crazy to think that right now, I thought there was too many orthodontists in Austin. Okay. So I looked at at areas around Austin. So in 2001, I hung my shingle in Bastrop, Texas. And um, that's- Hence the office in Bastrop. Hence the office in Bastrop. That's the original office. It's the one that I started in with zero patients, you know, zero money. 
um, and just, you know, kind of and started the the building process from there. And watched Austin grow from Bastrop. You're like, wow, look at this. Yep. The roads, development. Developed. I, I always lived in Austin, um, but uh, I, I would always commute out there and people are like, why are you doing that? It's so far. It's a reverse commute. It's very easy. It's gotten a little, little worse, but it's no big deal. Fast forward a few years, I um, partnered with another gentleman. Um, we started, I think the second office we started was on... 360. So there, here, there's the origin story of that. It was just uh, when we kind of rebranded from, you know, Bastrop Orthodontics to Ortho 360, it was just because we used to have an office on 360. Fast forward a few more years, my mentor, it's very convoluted, I'm sorry. My mentor gave us an office in Moulton, Texas. Have you ever heard of Moulton, Texas? I've never heard of anybody giving people offices. Let's well, start there. Okay, let's start there. <laughs> um, this individual uh, started his, his practice in Westlake. He's very famous. He's my mentor. And he, uh, before he even graduated from orthodontic school, started uh, a little tiny practice while he was in his residency in Moulton, Texas, because his um, father has some land there. Population 600. It's just north of Shiner. Where if you, I'm sure you've heard of the beer. He just got too busy with his own practice. It was not too far from Bastrop. So I sort of absorbed that. So what are we at? I'm not necessarily going in chronological Bastrop, order. Bastrop, Lakeway. Now you're up to three. So now I'm up to three, not necessarily in chronicle, chronological order. Sometime after that, you came into the picture, correct? I did. Okay. <laughs> Take it from there, Amber. Um, well, you you had Avery, though. Okay. Yeah, we had Avery. Then okay. At that point, right? The 360 office then moved to Avery. Yeah. So as a comedian, orthodontist, pop star in Austin, right. expanding businesses, you're commuting between all of your sets, correct? I am. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you're commuting, like juggling the days of the week that you're commuting to these different offices. And then you continue, you add Amber, you guys right. partnered, Dr. Partner. Burgess. Yep. And you continued to add offices to your practice. We did. Yes. And then 38th Street kind of fell into our lap because it was like a turnkey office where it was another orthodontist that had um, retired. And she was basically like, hey, do you just want to take over this space? And so we were like, sure. She had we'll my dream job, by the way. Independently wealthy, yeah. Just hung out and talked to people, and just like you know, just had just didn't feel any urgency. Does that make sense? And and I think at some point she just moved on and retired early. Yeah. And so we, yeah. so she was like, so she didn't wasn't as motivated to be like, oh, I want to sell this, but like, hey, does somebody want to take this over? And so we were like, sure, we'll take it over. Nice. And then why not? And then <laughs> <laughs> I think this is next. Um, I'm working on an adult patient. And he just randomly out of the blue goes, do you want an office in Liberty Hill? And I'm like, I don't know, why you ask? Why do you ask? He goes, I'm a, I have a bunch of land out there. I own rental spaces and there's an empty orthodontic offices in one of my buildings. And I was just like, there's no way, why are we doing this? And I think just a little bit of demographic research, it's a hugely growing area. Hugely. And it From was From a just, real estate perspective, I yeah. can say, yeah. hugely growing. Hugely, and That's, we were just I like, mean, we all, we can't pass this up. And it was another kind of turnkey, not with patience. We still had to build it basically from the ground, but um, it was just sitting there and I'm like, yeah, okay. And, but let's talk about traditional orthodontists though. Like some have one practice, one office, like that's the orthodontist I went to as a child. You don't really see them necessarily as business people and you guys are very savvy and you know what I mean? And you're growing and adding offices and that's a whole different dynamic to the business, right? Because you're spreading your practice. I mean, you're you practicing in multiple locations to being a great orthodontist as well. So 
And That's really, a big it's, task to take on. It's, it keeps me busy. I, for yeah. whatever it's worth, I never saw myself doing this. Like I, <laughs> I, I honestly, they don't. They do not teach you anything about business. I joke that sometimes I'm successful Did despite I? myself. I just simply, you know, learn as I go. Then I get better, and the next stage is bigger. And then I have to get better at that stage. And it just, it just kind of kept rolling. I don't see us adding any more. Um, we may need some help as far as doctors. If you're on Liberty Hill and Georgetown is booming and it's just hops giving a jump to get to Georgetown. I mean, let's talk yeah. about all the development, you know, it's outside great. of Austin. It's yeah. Great. Yeah. It is great. Yeah. I mean, I think the whole Austin area is is growing. And so there's, you know, there are more people, there's more of um an orthodontic need. Um and then our last location in Lakeway was added because a friend of ours had um her father was having some health issues and so she was like, Hey, I want to move out to be closer to my family. <laughs> Do you want to like take over this office? And we were like, Sure. <laughs> we'll help. So that's where we're at. That was Lakeway. And, and that's where my family goes for their orthodontic care. And it's an awesome office and your branding, their branding is super modern. So I commend you on that. Not doing old school. Yeah, you walk in, there's like, they've got water bottles, all kinds of stuff for their patients and spreading the cool three ortho 360 logo motto all over. Um, so I want to back up a little bit because you said something that really struck my heartstring. I was a real estate agent at the time. And when I decided to get my broker's license and decided to start my own brokerage, I had never been a business owner. So being a real estate professional and practicing, you know, advising my clients and guiding them through the home purchase and home sale process was totally different than running a real estate brokerage. And so there was a lot of extra time dedicated to that um, and growing pains and learning processes. So what is that like? What was that like for you in the beginning? You know, you get out of school, you're an orthodontist, and then you start your own practice and you continue adding practices. How much extra time outside of practicing was dedicated to that? Like, how do you balance that? I I don't. And I'm kidding. It, it was difficult. I mean, when you first start, I know you got to be honest because you know, and I'm sure you got to a point where you could hire people and right. you know duplicate the process. But like in the beginning, there's a there's a learning curve. There's a learning, when you first start, at least you're not as busy as you become with patients and 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 actual like clinical care. So you have a little more time. You're not that crushed. You're not that crushed. Okay. I, I can't believe some of the mistakes that I made. I tell this story. My wife's an attorney, and she just like dies when she hears it. But my first two employees. I had to fire. I mean, you know, new new kid basically never had a business. Just you know, so uh, distressed out. Like, how do I do this? I didn't you know any consulting. I didn't know how you do it or how you document it. And so the best I could come up with is just me and the two employees. I said, y'all, um, it has come to my attention that it's not in the best interest of this company that we three work together anymore. I cannot leave. So therefore, that is your last day. That's how that. <laughs> I'm staying. You're going. That, that's all I had. And, and it's like, you know, no, no, like, you know, documentation. I didn't know like what was going to happen. Luckily, nothing came of it's it. It's not but, like, you, it's me. Yeah, it's not <laughs> you, it's me. And and they left. And I was speaking of running a business. I think that's probably the most challenging thing of any business is finding the right people. 100%. And I would say 20 years later, I'm, 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 I'm over 20 years. I was 2001. So I think we've had the, we have the best team we've ever had, but it's literally taken that long to you know, do this and do that and, and tweak and, and, and learn the screening process and the yeah, onboarding process like, and what to look for and stuff like that. I 100% agree. Identifying the right people, right personality types, having personality types that work well together so that you have like synergy in your team versus people that are like vying for doing it there. Well, way. you love what you do. You chose your profession because you enjoy it and you studied a lot to get to where you are. 
Um, and so having somebody that has that same excitement to support you with that is really important. Yeah. And I, I think having the right team is critical. It makes, it makes work more fun. I think it, I think it improves patient care. Um, it's just better. Testimonial. It does. It's really fun going into the office. And a lot of the times when I get to go into the office, I run into people I know in the community too, because you're both so involved. You're really involved in the community. I know personally, and I can't help but a pop star comedian. I mean, you got to be involved in the community. I try to be. I try to be. <laughs> Kids these days are taking up a lot of time, but yes, I try to help in any way I can. Exactly. So Amber, Dr. Burgess and I met on the soccer field. Our daughters yes. played soccer together. Um, and luckily, while watching them learn how to play soccer, literally, yeah. <laughs> was so fun. Our husbands got to know each other, too. So it's been really nice. And then once we decided to have our daughters seek advisory for their orthodontic work and stuff like that, Amber's been amazing. So I have not met Dr. Henry until just today, but um, I would love to have my daughters be in your care if Amber was ever not available. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. And um, I always tell people, sometimes um, it's a patient will only have met Amber, let's say, and for some reason she can't see them and, and you know, they have to see me. People get really, they want to see just who they've seen and they're, they're comfortable with, but I, I almost, I can say almost always we can win them over if we have to do, you know, a little bit of change here and there. But yeah, I always tell people like, can I see Dr. Burgess? I've always seen you know, like, well, she treats my kids, you know, don't worry about it. So and usually <laughs> that, that that's fine. And it's like night and day difference from my experience in childhood. Like my orthodontist, um, Dr. Graham. So if anybody's listening in California and Orange County, Dr. Graham was like the orthodontist everybody went to, but he had this like Brillo pad to pay thing that he wore. So imagine like your orthodontist is ancient. And I was, I mean, this is, you're talking 30 years ago. And then he's got this Brillo pad, like the bouffant thing. And it's just, Make he sure. was just so well known. And it's night and day difference from your personalities. And I can, and even your bedside, I'm going to say bedside manner, your chair, yeah, chair, chair, chair side, side manner, chair side manner <laughs> in the office. I mean, it's just total night and day difference. So my kids have no fear of going into the office. They love the front desk staff. They love getting chap all the customized stuff on the way out and trinkets. But more importantly, the girls are just so nice. All the assistants. Yeah, well, I think what we really strive to have like a good, good rapport and good interaction between us and staff and patients. And I, we want kids to, if a kid has a question or why are we doing this, like we want that to be a discussion. Yeah. No, it's been a really good experience. But let's well, let's step it back. Like, did you just? decide you know you're in high school and you're like hey i really want to be an orthodontist like how did you go from your secondary education into your wanting to be an orthodontist or studying did be, you know right did away? you know i got, got, got a right great away. i got a right? decent, yeah. decent origin story okay let's go um i was probably middle school i had my braces um and when i finished my mom was my uh, my, my advocate it just didn't look right Okay, I had straight teeth, but they stuck out really far. Okay, and I won't go into any like details for your listeners about why that might be, or you know how you can have straight teeth, but they're just still not right. And so she kind of brought me around to some of the orthodontists, and I think they were having professional courtesy and not and saying, "Yeah, it looks fine. It's a Kennedy smile. He'll grow into it." You know things like that. And of course, nearing high school, the last thing I wanted to do was have braces again. This was before Invisalign. This was before anything, and I was dying. I was absolutely dying. And then she brought me to a guy. My dad, my my dad was a, a surgeon, and she just she's like, we're not mad, we're not angry at anybody. We just want to know what would you do differently. Here's our here's our complaints about you know this this case. And so he took my case. He did he pulled some teeth, 
And um, that guy, for whatever reason, I just thought was a cool guy. Um, uh, you know, super nice. Seemed like like really like what he did. He rode motorcycles. He had you know similar interests. I always kind of thought I was going to go into healthcare. Um, so since my entire family is, and when I came back one day, I said, "Dad, I think I want to pursue orthodontics." Um, he said, "Go for it." And that was that was literally probably my junior year in high school. So I can honestly say that that was a goal since then. And so was that doctor a mentor of yours throughout your education? Your I almost career? went back and worked for him in Dallas, but nice. I, I decided to um to to move to Austin, but. You know, in essence, I thought, you know, my dad spent all night sometimes operating and so stressful. I, I worry a lot. I don't know how you could deal with life and death situations. So I would say this specialty is a really neat combination of being able to profoundly affect people's lives sometimes in more ways than they actually realize without, they're still stressed, don't get me wrong, but there's not, oh my gosh, you know, you need your whatever appendix out or you're going to die. You know, it's, it's nothing like that. So it's a, it's a pretty, it was a cool um, and it's a nine to five-ish job. And so there there we are. And then I, I I pursued that forever. And you do. You do change people's life in more of probably an emotional way too, because their mouth and their teeth are part of their persona and their image. And so I can imagine what your testimonials are from some I think, patients. Yeah, that's the part that I think is really interesting where you can take somebody who like you've got, you know, a kiddo that is nervous or won't smile and and then you get them a smile where they're feeling confident and they're smiling with their friends and i i think that's still to you know been practicing for i guess probably like 15 ish years now and that's still one of the most interesting and gratifying things to me is that like you really where someone's like <gasps> really smiling big and you can feel their excitement and and you've really changed their confidence yeah and i love that you I know what studies show do oh, tell. Oh yes, there are lots of studies. Go. Do tell. Well, I want to. I want to. You know, say that. You know, what studies show. I, I, that's such a loaded thing. Is it a good study? Um, maybe Amber can fact check me on this. I'm tend to be the brawn. She's the brains, or sort sort of in this in this relationship. But I'm not about to say anything controversial, or or it's not. You know, smiling is good, right? Can we yes. agree with that? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 there's there's no question that that can be promoted. But studies show. I will be. Completely honest, I have not checked the statistics. I am not a statistician. I cannot tell you if a, st a study is very good or not. I can tell you if the author is well respected. I can tell you if it was, you know, seemingly well designed. But studies show some pretty amazing things, and there, there's enough of them that I can confidently say that if not all of this is true, a lot of it's true. Smiling has been shown to make you happy, even if you are not happy. It can trick your brain into thinking it's happy even though we think that, that it's in the reverse. Smiling can help you with your immunity. Smiling can help, um, in some studies, live longer. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Smiling can lower your blood pressure. Smiling can just do some pretty profound things if we just do it. And so when these kids come in, I don't think the kids sometimes appreciate their orthodontic care as much as adults do. Yeah. They just want their braces off, you know, some of them. And, but to the extent that they don't know this, that we've given the confidence to do those things for a healthy life, even if it's just smiling confidently, that's pretty big. Yeah, because they're going to use their smile for the rest yeah. of their life. Ortho360 is delighted to present a special offer of $1,000 off using the exclusive promo code MADEYOUSMILE. This enticing discount is available exclusively for the Work Hard Smile Large community and listeners. So act now and schedule your complimentary consultation. Well, and even if you look at people with, with straight teeth, more attractive teeth, um, they tend to get, um, they tend to 
make more money. <laughs> they get better job offers. Um, there, that was one that was in the AJODO. Um, it's a big orthodontic journal that like, um, but so I think that, yeah, there's a lot of benefits to. And I didn't even come in to, you know, have you speak with you both today and think about the emotional impact that orthodontia has with people. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like we've had people over the years that are like so excited once we're done and they are seeing everything and everything's polished and beautiful and like they're crying and laughing and it's just I I don't know. I think that's really interesting. What does that dad say recently? Which one? There was a dad that wrote a, it was either a review or he just wrote us a nice letter that about he did it for his daughter. It was pretty touching. Yes. Yeah. That, do you do you remember that? I don't remember the details. So you're the detail person. What was no, it? you. I mean. But he basically said he was embarrassed of his smile and he and he did it for his family. So they went, I mean, it was like crazy, you know, sad, yeah. but happy. And that yeah. was, it was pretty touching. And the, the now he can commonly smile and his daughter's not embarrassed about him. I mean, it's sad, but yeah, it's pretty cool. That's touching. Yeah. It's like, that's it's like it was feel nice. good stuff. Are my studies right, by the way? I think so. The, are those good studies? Yeah, there's right? a lot of, there's a pretty significant wealth of information. You can speak from pers- personal accounts, right? You see them come in all timid and shy and then yeah. the end product is a totally different energy and yeah, personality, exactly. I'm sure. There's a, there's a, um, it's probably a meme that only circulates in our dorky dental community. But if you've seen it, I'll, I wanted to share it. Well, we it's, might have to share it with our viewers who okay, are going to watch it. this. We'll find it and sure. put it in find the video. Find it and put it in. It's usually, there's different variations of it, but it's usually a man. I don't know if I've seen a woman smiling, kind of holding you know, arm around friends, and he's missing a tooth. And you're like, you, know, you don't know what the deal is or what's going on. And then the caption reads, I bet you didn't notice he's also missing an eyebrow. And you look back up and he, he's, he has a whole eyebrow shaved off. And he looks really freakish once you see that. But like the point is, people zone. That's the first thing you look yep, at they when look someone at the big smile. Where is you the smile. see like a so big gap if in you the can, front. Have you seen that one? I have not seen it. Yeah, okay. there's like several different variations in, in like the. I can't. Dental I can't believe I, I, I've actually shared a meme that someone hasn't seen. I always like send stuff off, and they're like, "Yeah, I've seen that. It's stupid." But, no, I yeah. have not seen it. But we're yeah. gonna try and find it so we yeah. can share it with everybody. It's interesting, because you won't notice. When did you know you were gonna be an orthodontist? I was a little bit later. Um, I graduated from college and I knew that I liked science and I liked kind of organizing things. And so I was actually in a- She's super organized. <laughs> I yes. am super organized. I thought I was a crazy calendar person running my real estate teams and work hard, smile large, but she, like we're like racing to get our calendar stuff to each other. Like yeah. just you're- Everything everything's is color-coded in the calendar. and in the yep. calendar. Yep. She likes um, to do things yesterday. <laughs> yes. I do like to get I like to get things done. Um, I know. And then I feel I like- I do then, it tomorrow. Yeah. And we meet in the middle. Yeah, that's right. And then we do it today. Perfect. <laughs> Yin and yang. Um, so no, so I was in a PhD program um, in community health and I was like looking at all these forms and organizing all these things and I really missed um, human interaction. So um, I ended up looking at healthcare and I looked at a bunch of different things in healthcare and I shadowed a bunch of different places. Um, and I felt like dentistry like really- resonated with me and orthodontics was like this idea that you could it was like art and science and you were moving teeth and changing yeah like so that that really appealed to me like your excitement when i was in with luelle on her last visit and one of your staff had braces on the inside of her teeth oh yeah and you're like just in a week look what they've done and it was like really cool kid in a candy shop i'm like wow it's fun it's to like, yeah, it's like, it's neat to see the end result, but it's also fun to look at like, all the new technology and different ways of 
different ways of moving teeth. And I feel like we've experimented with so many things over the years. And on their staff, not on no, not on real, <laughs> not on real, not on patients. The staff no, are like, real even people. like even doing like CE stuff where we'll be like, oh, that's an interesting appliance, and then you know, learning about it and and integrating it into our practice and and getting great results. And you're like, that's awesome. So what, I mean, knowing that your staff is amazing and that you guys enjoy your craft, right? Because you're artists in a way. Um, and you're almost like a support therapist in a way because you're helping fix people's smiles, which in turn receive more smiles from that. I mean, it's a, it's a give take thing there. Um, what's like a motto or a mantra that you use in the practice or with your families that you'd like to share with our guests? Because I really feel like your energy and your passion, you're passionate about what you guys both do. Um, you got to have some things, especially being some, a comedian. I got some, I got some, some stuff. Yeah, I figured you had some good stuff. Um, I, I decided to call these micro mantras. Like it's not some sort of overwhelming, you know, fix your whole life stuff, but they've like really helped me personally and professionally. And the first one is called Sew the Pocket Shut. Ooh, I'm trying to build intrigue. Is it working? Yes, it is. Okay. okay. So, um, and tell me, and just tell me if I'm going back too far in the in the the the, the backstory. But there's a very very famous um, dentist in Seattle that has built a learning center, and people pay thousands of dollars to go see him talk. Um, his name's John Coyce. He is the smartest guy in the room, but does not act like it. And I I respect him so much for that. And and he's just so infinitely successful. And so he's a he's a great clinician. He is an insanely a uh, powerful businessman and his protocols and just he's just he's just organized and and even though he's not necessarily in our specialty I've learned more from him just uh, on kind of life and how to live it and and Some run of your the business valuable CE that we've done so valuable and he had this story where he said in the 80s I don't know when it was CE is continuing education in case anybody's yeah. listening I just yeah. want to let you know cuz we have CE, CE in our industry yeah. as well so continuing education Continue education. So one of the, our visits to Seattle, he told a story about maybe it was the 80s. There was no digital records and, and people were writing things down in charts. And he bought his whole staff a, a beautiful set of white lab jackets with their insignia and their branding and a nice pocket that you could nerd out if you want with all the, the pens you needed to take your notes, <laughs> to take, take notes and things like that. And what happened, the staff would be getting in a hurry and put in a pen and it would leak onto the beautiful white starched, you know, jacket. And he's like, you know, he's very, you know, very, most very dentists particular. are. Very particular. Most dentists are, that can't happen. Then it would require cleaning and it would get him out of his rhythm or whatever. So we made a rule. He said, we're not going to put pins in our pockets anymore. Of course, what happens? It keeps happening. If it's an option, it's going to keep happening in a busy day. So instead of throwing everything away and ordering new ones, he simply had all the pockets sewed shut in all the lab jackets, so there would be no choice of the the staff member making that that you know honest mistake in the future, thus not having to deal with all the fallout of that. So here's an example of how we um, you know apply it in our practice, for instance. And I'll tell you if we have time how I do it in my life. Um, <laughs> so it, it's just anything that you cannot have choices, and just um, here's a, like in dentistry, a lot of people have um, latex allergies. Okay. So we used to put this flashing light on some some kids, you know, uh, chart. No latex, no latex, no latex. And in a busy day, 
invariably, completely innocently, someone's going to grab the latex gloves because you're just not paying attention. Um, and so we sewed the pockets shut and we eliminated latex gloves from our practice. If you can think of any way you can do that, I, I, it, it, it simplifies your life and your business so well. And that was one of the, the, as I was pondering what I could possibly, I don't feel that important. I do not have a big ego. I am not the smartest guy in the world. What can I help your listeners with? So the pocket shut as I was riding my exercise bike came to me this morning. Um, can I tell you how I apply it in life with my kids? I would love to hear that. And I think our listeners would too. Okay. Absolutely. I have teenage boys and I joke that there is no way I can think of all the scenarios of things to tell them not to do. Okay. It's impossible. I mean, they'll find some loophole and I've, I've softened debate the, it. It's just debate it. I've softened a little bit because they haven't lived a whole life and things that I think they should know, they may not know. But to sew the pocket shut, here's an example. My uh, 14-year-old had some friends camping. It was raining. I said, you, got, you guys aren't going to be able to start a fire. And all of a sudden, they had a fire started, and I was looking around, and there's a, a, a very, I think it was empty, but there was a gas can, a can of gasoline next to the open fire. And I'm like, my son, I'm like, dude, don't let your grandfather see that. It was on his grandfather's land. Let's move that away and we'll talk about it later. Because I didn't know, I had no idea how they started the fire. And um, uh, it turns out, you know, I talked to him later. I'm saying, hey, man, I didn't tell you not to get the gas out of the barn. But um, what did you do? He goes, well, dad, we were actually safe. We filled plastic bottles with the gas and threw them on the fire from far away <laughs> as Molotov cocktails. Because I'm smart enough to know you're not supposed to pour on the, on the thing. But we use Molotov cocktails, so it's all good. I'm like, Cooper, that's still not very safe. So my next time taking them camping, it was simply don't. So the rule shouldn't be don't make Molotov cocktails because they'll think of something else, right? The rule is do not take anything from the barn or anywhere else on the property that's not yours, okay? And so you try to rule out everything. Whenever they have slumber parties, they always get into my stuff in my exercise room. They don't really hurt anything usually, but sometimes they break stuff. So instead of saying, you know, don't touch my bike collection, I like bicycles. Um, my husband was a cyclist. Was he? Okay. Yes. We, we could probably have some, have some conversations. So I love bikes. I have a few. I just say, don't, you know, don't go into the room. Just don't go into anywhere downstairs. And so there's my, my lifetime selling like the pocket shut. Selling the pocket shut on my room because my kids started coming in after we moved and thinking everything and, you know, our house was theirs and stuff. And now I have a digital lock on my door and everything. So I'm crazy. I'm like, no, it's my room. <laughs> yeah. Like I just eliminate them being able That's to go in better. there. Like every day I leave, I close the door. I can lock it from my device if I forgot to like punch the code in and lock That's it. Very smart. That's and better. it just protects my stuff. I know they're not using my mascara. They're not stealing my whatever they want to steal out of my makeup drawer because that's like the biggest thing right now is cosmetics for kids. They just love skincare and stuff. But. That's even better because my, yeah. my rule is maybe they'll, they'll they'll go with it, maybe not. They could yeah. still break them. And now but. they're asking for digital locks on their doors because they won't stay out of each other's rooms. And so I saw this really cool and it's like a handle and the handle has like the digital lock in it. So you don't have to do the deadbolt in the doors. Does that make sense? Like, because a lot of them, there's a deadbolt. Right. So you kind of have to reconfigure the door, your wood door. Mm. But this one's on the handle. Oh, wow. So you can just switch out yeah, the yeah, handle yeah. hardware. Cool. Interesting. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a lot of kleptos in my house. Everybody really? likes to steal clothes and makeup and shoes. Not me. I just protect mine, but. Yeah, that's actually such a good idea. Yeah. My girls do the same thing. They're yep. constantly in mm-hmm. my stuff. And now that they're like both kind of getting to like the same size as me, like 
Ellery is my. I'm she telling wears you, that's my what happens size. because yeah, Blue Ellen. So, that's what they're doing now. It's like Blue wants Blue Ellen's clothes, and it's just like mm-hmm. a big battle every morning. And then somebody doesn't want to listen to somebody else. They just give it yep. to them, and then yeah, I don't. They're not allowed to use my stuff. I was just like, it's just I'll share it with you when it's time. Yeah, yeah I love that. No big deal. I might borrow that. I know. <laughs> I I tell everybody that's my life hack right now. Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> Privacy, protection of a few things. Yeah. Um. What is your mantra or um, motto that you use say, in life or yeah this. like i would say like make it happen like work hard figure it out like i f- i feel like sometimes like i notice my kids and they're kind of like passively like waiting for something to happen kids are for mellow. them um, my kids are the opposite like <laughs> but both I, your kids are just super mellow but i want them to to work hard and if they want to achieve something put in the effort figure out the path forward can i share an experience with you yeah because my oldest who you know is very like a old soul very artsy kind of just goes to the flow has a voice in the house and stuff but i never thought she was watching me and i'm very i work seven days a week and my husband always chills out on the weekends because his job is pretty much monday through friday and you know, he's growing his business, I'm growing mine, but I was always just like, God, she's just she's not like me. She's not in the kitchen, she's not moving around as much. It clicked. And I didn't know she was watching me all that time. And there's so much of what I was modeling that's in her now with her work ethic with school and her drive. And it I would have never known like that she was watching or that it was absorbing because she's just so flighty. She's gonna spill everything on the floor. Like she's just very <laughs> I don't just who she is and it's beautiful and she does it with a smile and cleans it up and you know just who she is but she has this drive in her now for grades and for different things and it just came out of nowhere yeah I love that though I do think that like kids notice like they notice how you're the choices that you're making so you're leading by example right hopefully you are they watch you I mean, hopefully they keep working hard. <laughs> they, you lead by example. So by me not telling her she had to pick up the pace and go faster and do stuff, like she naturally is doing it for herself now. Yeah, I've noticed so. Ellery doing that too in, in middle school. Maybe it's a middle, the shift in middle yeah, school like a little where it's bit. like you're a little, like that like kind of bump up in maturity where I'm like, look at she's actually doing well in school and organizing herself. Yep. I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping to get her like on a color coded calendar, but we're working on it. Oh, it's, it's coming though. <laughs> I knew it was going to come out. Dr. Burgess is going to throw the color coding in. <laughs> so I have a question as you were talking um, about your workout room when you were explaining kind of like it's off limits for the kids. Um, I have a hard time balancing my exercise right now. So for the last, I'd say a couple months, and everybody knows that listens to the podcast, I have a crazy morning routine. Like I'm very consistent on eating alone time in the morning, waking up before everybody, getting my exercise in before I start my day. Um, and sometimes that has to ebb and flow or give a little bit. And I know you're out of the house really early. You have an exercise room at home. They both have exercise rooms at home now that I'm we've talked. So like, what is your morning routine? And like, how do you stay consistent? Because you're commuting to different locations um and you both are look very healthy so do tell give us a little like you go for hint <laughs> tips and tricks for our listeners because i think work-life balance is something that's really important that everybody is always um training on we're all in training at all times on that so your husband will, will, will understand this i i still love cycling but i used to be like you know if i can't go two hours it's not worth doing anything like i have to, and then that would sort of feed on itself and i wouldn't do anything because i didn't have two hours um, I, this is silly and I don't know if this is what switched the, the, the 
the thing in my mind, my my silly Apple watch with the little rings, basically my new um, deal that I do is 30 minutes or even less is better than nothing. That's my motto too and, right now. And just, just something is better than nothing. And um, I try my very, very best to do it before work. Because when I get home, um, I'm, you know, I've been sitting all day kind of doing fine motor skills. It doesn't sound hard, but it gets hard um, and you feel completely depleted. So I try to do it every day during um, my morning time, if possible. Yep. Sometimes maybe I can go longer on weekends if I want to go on a longer ride. And then I have a new secret too, kettlebells. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, I may be weird, but like, it just seemed like you can do everything with them. And where I used to be completely about just going Cycling. as far as I can and killing myself and, and just being about cardiovascular or whatever, um, the combining the strength and the, and the, it is a neat way to combine strength. You only need a few. You don't need a big space. And the Apple Watch, the little health parameters yeah. have been your inspiration Something with kettlebells. Something about just, just getting that, just that 30 minute, like, you know, uh, yeah. little deal done makes me think, well, at least I did that, you know? Well, because your clarity is like mental. So for me, I'm like, now I feel a little bit more tired. I'm still hitting on everything, still eating healthy, but it's like you just, your energy level changes and my mental strength changes. I'm more tired earlier in the day than I would normally be. And so that's where I notice the impact when I don't at least get, mine's like a 20 minute minimum. If I can get on the Peloton for 20 minutes and do intervals, like I'm good. Like that, that helps curve it, but that's not like enough sustainable to do all the time. So Yeah. I mean, but I think sometimes with exercise, you just kind of have to fit it in where you can. And I've done the same thing where it's like time-wise, you'll look at your day and you're like, where am I going to, but you, I think you just try to have to make the time, whether it's in the morning or. You'll do it at night too. I usually can't do anything at night. Really? I get up so early. Um, but like, even like if I have, um, like a lunch at work and I don't have a lunch scheduled with a dentist, like I'll run during lunch or I'll I'll try to do like some push-ups or do something. No matter what so, location of the office you're at. Anywhere. You oh, I have. So I do have, you travel like, with a workout bag with you in your car? Yes. Like you always have a workout bag yeah. with you. Okay, so, that's like, like a And tip. I have like, I have um, like my little running routes mapped out for each office. So I know like depending on how much time I have, I can do this little loop over here. That's or, a good tip for our listeners because yesterday I wanted to go to a yoga class at HCI and I'm like, I have to get home, get changed. I'm going to be sidetracked by the dog. I'm, you know what I mean? And so I had that excuse, but I need to put my workout bag I in have the a car gym because bag then I'll divert to the gym and I don't go to the gym very often. I work out at home. Yeah. But then I'll divert to the classes and I force myself. I would love myself. to do that. I'm too sweaty. Like I, I would, I sweat for like three hours after like we so I have to get them really early. It's like early. a badge, but you're like, I work out. myself up the best <laughs> so I yeah, can. Yeah, but it's patience. That's hard. It's just hard with patience. But it's true though. It's because if I go home, I won't do like, like you know, like you, you come home, you're a parent. Like you're either dealing with people needing something. I'm so focused or, on eating healthy and preparing food for the kids right now because just there's it's the season. People are getting sick, and you know, I just I'm very like keen on them eating at a certain time because then I can hit the homework and they can be in bed at a certain time. Yeah, so that's really important to me, and that's our love language. Like they help, they learn, we talk during that, or they're doing their homework and I'm cooking, and so that's like a good family thing for us because we get a lot of communication in at that time. And yeah, we always sit at the table. And I think eat. we had spoken. We do kind of the same sort of thing about you know, like I'm a big believer in going to bed early enough so that yeah. you get enough sleep. So then it's like. That time from when I get home from work and they're home from school, that's really critical where it's dinner and lunches and, and if homework. if I'm in the room, and, they can kind of like pour out what they need to say about their day without me like interrogating them, you know? So it's just yeah, part of our routine. That's been At their age, huge. it's really important. Yeah, to like have, the, to 
to kind of, I try to with my girls have it be almost like an open-ended sort of discussion where they can tell me what's happening in their day and, and not, like, not that I'm pro, like, but I want them to feel like they can share things. And so we'll kind of talk, talk it out. They sit and talk mm-hmm. amongst themselves and I can overhear it too. That's yeah. always good. Yeah. I, lo- I like that. That's it. But yeah, you, I don't know how people go to the gym after work. I have an after work recommendation. Okay. I read some article that resonated with me that just a little bit of activity, like a short walk after dinner, completely like stabilizes your blood sugar. And I, I don't, you know, I does walking the puppy around the driveway yeah. count as that? Yes. Counts? Like anything, like anything. Like if you, it's just, I'm you know, all the time now walking with the puppy. <laughs> so it's my grandpa, my grandpa postprandial walk. I don't do it every night, but if I can make, if it's nice outside. Yeah. One of my other mini get, mantras, get, get your out, walking get slippers on and yeah, go out just and just go on, walk around, walk, yep. a, walk around the block, walk a mile, whatever. And you know, we're in some, we're in and out a lot. Like, I mean, I'm in real estate, so I get, I go in and out of buildings and move around a lot and stuff, but I am on my computer. Like I live in a digital, like my business is pretty much digital or on a phone a lot of the time. Um, so when you're out of the office, taking that time to go out and get fresh air is like yes. so key. And I mean, we're so lucky to live in Austin and have the beautiful sunsets and skies that we get that it's. Yeah, you're not going to be disappointed, even if it's freezing like it is right well, now. Yeah, this weekend notwithstanding, it's amazing sometimes in the winter how nice it can be. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate getting to know both of you a little bit more and for sharing about your journey. Um, you know, moving to Austin and kind of starting a practice, and you two partnering up and continuing to grow Ortho 360. It's been an honor for my kids to be there. We're still under your care and their smiles are gorgeous. And so thank you for everything you're doing for my family. And thanks for sharing your story with our listeners today. Thank you for having yeah, us. Yeah, thanks for having us. This was super fun. I was nervous. And I was a little nervous but too. But not actually. because you wanna know why I was nervous? It wasn't I, I I'm okay. Like I'm not I'm pretty okay with public speaking. I didn't well, I'm just gonna let our listeners hear this. So do tell. It was I'm okay. Like I'm not just like a great public speaker, but it doesn't make me nervous. So the podcast itself, but I didn't like I I I was I mean, I'm I'm half jokingly saying this, but I was honored you asked us, but I didn't want to like mess it up. You There's know, no like, messing I, it up. I d I didn't want to be like that. And then I'll I'll tell you this. If you don't feel you can air it, you won't hurt my feelings. Oh okay? gosh. Please. Yeah, please. Yeah. Please just, stop. it's totally fine. It's totally I think fine. Everybody that's listening who's either had a <laughs> positive or a negative experience with their orthodontic work or anything like that is going to have insight into, you know, what it is to start a practice and grow a practice and work together as a team. And I think that's really important for our listeners to hear. Because, you know, like we said, it all is the culture of the company and the team and you guys get along so well. And that was something new that I learned today because I haven't had you both in the same room. We just met today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you both so much for joining me. It's an inspiration on teamwork as well. So thank you so far. Appreciate what you're doing for our communities. And as always on the Work Hard, Smile Large podcast, we sign out with Work Hard, Smile Large. Smile Large. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. And that wraps up. Another incredible episode of the Work Hard, Smile Large podcast. I hope you enjoyed our journey today as much as I did. A big thank you to our amazing guests for sharing their stories and insights. If you found inspiration in today's episode, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with friends, family, or anyone who could use a boost. Remember, your journey is unique and every step counts. Keep working hard and never forget to smile large. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We have a lot more incredible stories and conversations lined up for this season. Until next time, keep pushing forward, keep dreaming big, and as always, work hard, smile large.